Troy Jackson, and uh, I am not staff on staff here, so uh, if anything that's said cannot be held against this church. So uh, you guys just, uh, I've got some thoughts that uh, God has given me, and Pastor Alex and I, over the few years that I've known him, we've talked about a lot of things, and so we came up with this uh, uh, series that we're in right now called Unreligious. And uh, a lot of the conversations we've had are about religion and what it does and how the church is under a transformation, I believe, for several years uh, from, uh, from religion and uh, what that means to a, a relationship, a relationship with Jesus, which is what everything the church is about. So uh, I just want to uh, share a few thoughts uh, that I have this morning about that. But first, a couple of uh, announcements. We had one there, and you'll see at the end of the service, we had, uh, we've got a, a deal going on next Sunday. And uh, for anybody that likes candy, anybody like candy, 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 candy? You guys that don't like candy, I don't know about you, but anyway, I asked, uh, I asked Pastor Nicholas what kind of candy we were going to have because there's so many kinds. You know, there's, uh, you know, Jolly Ranchers. Uh, my personal favorite is the, uh, is the uh, Reese's Cups. I think they put more flavor in those little bitty ones that you get for, uh, for Halloween than there, there are in the, in the great big ones. So, uh, so anyway, uh, we're going to have all kinds of different candy. You come next Sunday. We're just going to celebrate fall. We're going to celebrate having fun in Jesus, and we're going to celebrate a little bit of, uh, of a candy Sunday next, next, uh, next Sunday. And if you happen to throw on a costume, then we'll promise not to be too scared. So uh, you guys just get that. You know, I'm going to start off today by talking about, there's a guy that I like that's a comedian. I'm sure everybody here is too sophisticated to have ever listened to a little Jeff Foxworthy. You ever listened to a little Jeff Foxworthy? You know, you, you, might, uh, you might be a redneck uh, if you uh, live in a home that is mobile and uh, you have 12 cars that are not. Uh, you, might, you might be a redneck. If uh, you take your dog for a walk and both of you use the tree at the corner, uh, you might be a redneck. Uh, and then the, if uh, the most common phrase uh, in your home, and uh, Terry and I have lived in some of those houses, uh, is, hey, jiggle the handle, you know, then, uh, then, you might, then you might be a redneck. You know, religion is a lot like that. You know, if you end up, you come in and, and you try to decide whether you ought to wear a suit or not, uh, you might be religious. If you look in that, uh, in the back of the chair in front of you and, and uh, you still wish there was a hymnal there, you know, and uh, you sang the first and last, uh, you, might be, you might be a little religious. But, you know, there, there's, a, there's a, a, um, a way that Jesus taught us to live. There's a lot of ways in the Bible he came because there were a lot of religious guys. There were a lot of religious guys. Those guys were called the Pharisees. And when, whenever, they, uh, whenever they got together, uh, Jesus had something to say about them, and it usually wasn't, wasn't, wasn't some of the best things that he could say. It wasn't about the law. It wasn't about, you know, how you could, uh, how you could act. You know, you used to have a saying, uh, some of you that uh, might be closer to my age, looks like there might be some people in here that used to say, we don't smoke or drink or chew. We don't, we don't, y'all know the rest of it. We don't go with the girls that do. <laughs> you know, we got some of that stuff like that, you know, is some of the ways we used to look at religion. But the good news is, you know, God, God comes down, he comes down from heaven and he has something to say for each and every one of you today, and that is, if you're the best, if you're the brightest, 
If you've been to church every Sunday since you were born, if you know what a flannel board is, if you have memorized most of the Old Testament, if you have ever taught a lesson from uh, the book of Numbers or anything like that, i got really good news for you today. God can still use you. He really can. But he specializes in misfits. So I will tell you, that's something that's played out in my life. I sure thank everybody uh, <clears throat> that let me be up here today. I'm going to share a few random thoughts. I wish I could tell you this is all thought out, but I'm going to tell you that, that uh, I've got a few things he's put on my mind about religion. We're going to share them, and then uh, when uh, Jason back there goes like this, then we're going to stop. So y'all can all get to Chili's uh, before the Baptist. Uh, so anyway... <laughs> The, you know, in, in my life, I'm so glad I got to be up here because uh, I've got some people here today that are really special to me. This is my family right here on the second row. So all of these guys right here, you know, uh, it's a blessing to me just not because they look so good because uh, any of you granddads out there or dads may know you don't have many chances uh, to get them all looking at you paying attention for 30 minutes. So... Uh, <laughs> And uh, not throwing in an argument or something like that. So it's going to be a real blessing. We're going to have a good time here today. Uh, we're in Galatians, and uh, what uh, Alex has had going on is from, is from Galatians. And I'm going to go skip a little bit forward. We finished last, uh, last time with Galatians 3. I'm going to go to Galatians 5, 1 through 6. And, uh, and uh, this, is, uh, this is Paul talking, uh, another one of those mis misfits. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. This is from the NIV. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Under the law, your first thought of the day is, what is it that I, that, that I should do? You know, should I, did, I, did I read my Bible this morning? Anybody that's ever run out of the house, got up, overslept, got to get the kids ready and everything else and, and, read, and, and ran out of the house without, without uh, spending that 30 minutes of quality quiet time? That's right, we had kids before. And, uh, and with those guys like that, it does not mean that you can't have a relationship with God today. You know, I, I, under, under the law, that's your first thought. You, need, you needed the priest or the rabbi back in uh, before Jesus came to tell you how you should act, the way you should go, what you should think, how you should dress, what you should do today, what day it was, all of those things. They had all those laws uh, that you guys that, that study a lot know about. In, uh, in uh, verse 2, he says, Mark my words, I, Paul tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value at all. If you live under the law, what kind of relationship should you, should you have with Christ? A relationship with Jesus means you've got a friend at the courthouse. Anybody uh, ever get stopped going a little bit, you know, 45 miles an hour, and, and all of a sudden you look up and there's those, those twirling lights, and you look down and go, oh, goodness, I'm going, I'm going 65 miles an hour. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden at that point, it's a little too late to start a relationship, you know, I mean, and, but I've tried. I mean, he comes up to my door. Can I have your license and your insurance? Yes, sir. By the way, that's a really good uniform you got there. Man, you are a really nice man. I really think that your car is really fast and I really would like to get to know you. No, when you've got a relationship with Jesus, I got good news for you. You got a friend at the courthouse. You got somebody that when you walk in, how'd you like when you, uh, if you got a speeding ticket like that? 
that. You walk in the courthouse, and, you, and, uh, and there's your best friend sitting there up there on the bench. You go, all right, we got, we got something going on here that's going to work. Uh, Paul says in, in, uh, in uh, verse 3, Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You're trying to be justified by the law, You've been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Your relationship with Jesus is not just a get-out-of-jail-free card. You know, in too many cases in, in, uh, in today's uh, modern uh, religion, uh, quote-unquote, we've, re we've reduced Jesus and our relationship to Jesus uh, to this, com this common uh, uh, thought. What are the minimum requirements that I can fulfill today so that when I die, they have to let me into heaven. I mean, that's, that's uh, unfortunately what we've reduced so many, so many, of, our, so many of our thoughts in, around Jesus are and, and into those kind of thoughts. It's kind of a deal of, hey, I'm in trouble. I got, I got a, a speeding ticket. I can't pay my bills. My kids are not acting right. You know, those kind of things. And what can I do? God, please get me out of here. I think God wants the kind of relationship with each one of us that goes beyond religion and says, God, and rather, rather than get me out of here, would you please come down here to me? Will you please come and step into my problems? Will you come down and will you, you be with me, try to show me a way to live, show, try to show me a way to act that will change my life, change my circumstances, and show Jesus to the people that I see every day all around, all around my life? So that's why it says, you know, for through the Spirit in, in verse 5, we eagerly await by faith, the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's the way we need to work, walk around every day. It's the way we need to walk around, you know, so that when, when people see you, they say, there's that guy, and there's something a little bit different about him. There's a little bit di something a little bit different about her. She, I know what she's going through at home. I know what's happening, you know, in their lives. There has to be something that is something different from them. So, you know, the, Jesus taught the law that the Jews lived under and kept them from relationship with God. And how do you react to the law? Like I said, it could be like a, like a speeding ticket. You know, I had a, my first speeding ticket. That reminds me of my first speeding ticket I ever had. I was, I, was, uh, I was just a teenager. Some of you guys may have had a ticket when you were a teenager. And uh, I had a job. I worked at a steam laundry. And my job was to deliver this laundry and then go back, sweep up the floor, and get ready to go. But that was a Friday night, and I had a date. Uh, and so I was ready to go. And, and uh, so I was that deal I was talking about a while ago, I was probably doing about 75 and a 45, and all of a sudden in the back window I see this deal. Yeah, I mean, when I was a teenager, believe it or not, we did have cars. It was not just the ones you crank either. But anyway, we ended up, we ended up going, uh, I ended up going back there, and the, the police officer walked up to my window, and he said, uh, young man, do you know how fast you were going? And I said, and I remembered that the speed limit was 45 miles an hour, and he goes, uh, I said, uh, probably 46. And he looked at me like this, and he goes, oh, at least. <laughs> I 
That's when it was a little too late to start a relationship. You know, I, when I think about, about religious and what it did, I think about the way I started out uh, my life. I think about, uh, I didn't grow up in church like a lot of you guys. I did not, uh, when I went to see my grandmother in the summertime, then I would go to church with her, and, and I knew what it was like to have a fan, you know, and lay in her lap while the preacher talked, and it was hot and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it really didn't do a lot for me. I didn't know how it changed my life. I didn't know what effect it had on my life until uh, I was a senior in high school, and I had some friends. Uh, again, like I was talking about, those people that see Jesus in your life. I saw Jesus in their life. I saw something that was a little different the way that I was living when I was a senior in high school. And those guys, uh, those guys said, hey, we're having a youth rally at the church uh, this Friday night. Would you like to go? And I said, yes, I can't lie. It may have been even in front of Terry, I'd say, because there, one or two of my friends were fairly nice-looking females. Uh, but anyway, I would say that I would say that those people uh, those people changed my life. Had they not invited me, I probably wouldn't be where I was today. Because that night, I heard a guy talk about how you should uh, how you should uh, 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 how you should live your life. That there was a God who had sent His Son to Earth to die for me, and that my life could be markedly different if I would just turn my life and my will over to Him. And I believed it. I went down front, I knelt, got baptized, and from that day on, my life turned out to be a whole lot different. So uh, that going forward, I, uh, in those days, I was in a little church up in New Mexico, and uh, I met a fairly, uh, uh, I don't know why my story has to do with a lot of nice-looking females, but anyway, uh, this one, and her name was Terry, and uh, we met each other, and we kind of we kind of uh, liked each other pretty good, and so uh, um, we 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 uh, enjoyed each other's company. Uh, we both loved Jesus, but I can't say that we went on and everything was happy uh, ever after from there. She married somebody else. I married somebody else. Uh, we both went off, and those relationships did not work. Um, it wasn't really thinking a whole lot about her. I've, no, she wasn't thinking about me. But uh, we ended up, we ended up again, uh, I ended up in Odessa, Texas. She ended up in Odessa, Texas. And in a chance meeting in the mall, uh, I, I, I can't say that I remembered her. Uh, she remembered me, but being catty like some females are, she only remembered that I'd married somebody else. And uh, she, and uh, she, uh, she, she, we ended up uh, going out on a Friday night. Uh, we realized there was something there, uh, but God was working even from then. We both, uh, we both had been, uh, we both, it wouldn't surprise you that she had another date on Saturday night. I was lucky enough to have another date on Saturday night, and uh, I couldn't think of another way to see her fast enough because I had a date on Saturday night, and I said, and this, by the way, if you're taking notes, guys, great pickup line. I said, well, why don't I take, because she had our oldest two kids, and uh, I said, why don't I take you and your mom and the kids to church on Sunday? I'm telling you. And uh, from right on then, I went to, we went to church, went over to her mom's house for dinner afterwards, and we, uh, we were together uh, pretty much every day uh, since, since then. Um, I would like to say that from that point, everything uh, got out all right, but uh, it did not. Uh, we went, we both had church in our background. 
uh, our first date, second date was in a church. Uh, but I would say that we didn't we didn't live we didn't live our life a whole lot like like uh, like people to go to church every Sunday. We would go on Christmas. I mean, the kids knew that on Easter they were going to get a new bonnet and a new dress, and we were going to go to church on Easter. And we they knew we were going to go on Christmas and hold the candles and do all that kind of stuff. But they didn't know. Again, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. They did not know how does Jesus make a difference in my life. How does he make a difference in my life? And uh, that's, that's uh, we went along like that for 14 years. 14 years, living our own way, doing our own thing. Uh, what difference does Jesus make? Until we got to the point where our life wasn't working. We didn't, we didn't know what else to do. We'd had, a, uh, we'd had an argument uh, on a Saturday night. Uh, not that any of y'all ever had an argument. We had an argument on a Saturday night, and uh, we won't talk about whose fault it was, but it was probably my fault. And he said, uh, and uh, I could see in Terry's eyes, I've been a salesman all my life. Some of you guys may not believe that. But I've been, uh, I've been a, a salesman all my life, and I can read people pretty good. I can see where they are. And uh, this woman over here, she was done. She was done, done, and beyond done. And uh, she'd had enough of my stuff, you know, and it was time uh, for me to try to do something else. So like many of you guys, I went back in the bedroom and I was regrouping, getting my thoughts together and coming up with a plan. Going to come up with a plan, plan to save the family. And so all of a sudden it came to me. I come out of there, and, and for you ladies that have ever had your husband come, come out from somewhere else when he was in trouble and say, baby, I got a plan. She looked at me like, uh-huh. And she said, and I said, uh, I said, I got a plan. We're going to go to church tomorrow. We're going to go down to the church tomorrow. We're going to straighten this whole thing out by, go, by going to church. And uh, Terry's response was less than, than what I expected to be. It was like, well, that's great. You can go to church. I don't know that I want to go to church with you. And so at that point, I knew it had gone beyond dangerous. And so uh, I got the kids up the next morning. I didn't know what to do other than, than I was going to go to church. There had to be something at that church. Jesus had to make a difference. Again, all my life, I knew how to sing the songs. I knew where the hymnals were. I knew that the piano went on that side and the organ went on that side. I knew all of these things, but I didn't know how to bring Jesus into my life where it made a difference on a daily basis. And at that point, I had to go. So I went uh, you guys have seen me out there. I love to greet people out in front of this church, and I will tell you the reason why is because that first Sunday that I went with the kids, if I, my, whole, my whole goal was to get from my car to my seat with as little human contact as, as possible. Had I been able to achieve that, I'd probably not be where I was today, and this family probably wouldn't look as good as it does today. And I will tell you because luckily somebody stopped me and said, hey, would you like to greet somebody at the door? Would you like to come to a men's group? Would you like to be involved in a four-couple group? Would you like, to, would you like to, 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 to just know a little bit more about Jesus and know a little bit more about how he will make a difference in your life? And so I went, I started listening, I started learning. I won't say, I'd like to tell you from that point, everything got smooth and we ended up with, you know, our life was just great and 
look like we do today, but but it did not. We ended up going. We ended up going on. We struggled uh, for for a few years after that as we tried to straighten out. But thank God we were in a church that loved us so much, loved our family, came around them. Get a little emotional. Came around them, and when things were hard, they came around us. When things were good, they came around us. When we had potluck summer supper, come on, you guys. Potluck sucker, the supper, then things things were good. You know, we everything was everything started to get better, little by little by little by little. You know, when I came to church, when we started changing our life, it's a little it's a little bit like uh, Matthew fifteen twenty two twenty eight, and that's that's gonna that's gonna be a, a, a message that I'd like for y'all to think about because when I was thinking about what I was going to talk today about unreligious. I want to talk about about something. Uh, I told you a little bit where I was. I was desperate. I was desperate. I needed a word from God. And so I want to tell you that that it reminds me of this lady um, in Matthew 15, uh, 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him. Now, first of all, she was from Canaan. She wasn't a Jew she wasn't a churchgoer. She wasn't a believer. But she'd heard about this man. She'd heard about this man that was making a difference. He was raising people from the dead. He, surely he's not raising people from the dead. You know, he was, he was healing people that were blind. He was doing all that kind of stuff. And her thought, just like that night in that bedroom for me, was if he can do that for others, maybe he can do that for me. She was a desperate woman, and she cried out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. She wasn't a Jew. She wasn't religious. You know, if you grew up in Texas, you know, and I wasn't in Texas, but I was eight miles away and over in New Mexico, you know, I knew how to be a church guy. I knew how to, you know, I knew if, if I had a, a, a again, nice-looking female that wanted me to go to church with her on Sunday, I knew how to act. I knew how, how to do it. But again, that, I didn't have that relationship on, on my life. And, uh, but he answered, I think it's interesting uh, that in verse 23, but he answered her, not one word. How many of you have ever been where Jesus was silent? Where God was silent? And you went to him, you tried to get to him, and there was not a word. That's where your faith comes in. That's, where, that's what, you, what you learn as you go along. Like I said, first of all, we went, we went back to church, and then we went a few years, and, uh, and, and we, we needed a word from God, and, and, uh, and he, was, he was silent, but your faith has to keep on going. It has to keep on going. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. You know, religious people said, Send her away. And, and, but she was desperate. She was a desperate woman that needed a, needed a word from God. The first Sunday I went to church, you know, like I said, with the kids, with Aunt Terry, I didn't have my wife with me. I may have not looked like I didn't, you know, what to wear. I didn't have a suit that fit, you know. I didn't have a sports coat like you wore in those days, especially in that church. I did not have a tie. And they, but, but all I knew is I needed a word from God. My family was slipping away from me, and I needed a, a, a word from God. It was a little bit like this lady. And he answered and said, I was not accept, sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He was on a mission to break the law for a certain group of people. 
And then she came and worshiped with him, said, Lord, help me. I've been there. I'm going to tell you, you cry out, oh, Lord, and help me. But he answered her and said, it's not good. I think God was testing her. And, you know, I don't know if any of you know, but God may test you a little bit from time to time. And he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs, to you folks from Canaan. But just like any of you men that might be married to a woman that might argue with you a little bit, uh, she said, yes, Lord, but yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. This was a desperate mama. There's not much more desperate than a desperate parent. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Her faith got Jesus' attention. Her faith got Jesus' attention. She was desperate. She didn't have time to dress up. She didn't have time to, to, to memorize the scripture. She didn't have time to talk about how much she prayed every week. All she knew, she needed a word from God. Maybe there's somebody here today that needs a word from God. I know I've been there, and I'm telling you, if you need a word from God, you've come to the right place. I'm going to pause there just a second, take the intermission from our message, and talk about if you're desperate. Particularly, I want to talk to the men. We talked a little bit this morning, and they're going to have a message afterwards about a men's weekend we're going to have on the 12th and 13th of November. We're going to have a lot of guys that have been, been, been looking to, to figure out how to bring the women... I don't know why, fellas, but the women are so much better at this. You know, all you got to do is get a woman, bunch of women together, man, and they can talk about their kids. They can maybe not talk about their husbands, but talk about they can talk about all kinds, of, all kinds of things, and they got things to talk about. Men get together. Hey, how's it going there, brother? I'm good. You good? Yep. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, all's well. All's good. But I'm telling you right now, you may come today and you may say it's all good on the outside, but if you're like I was and you're desperate from a word from God, if you're desperate for a word that'll help you lead your family and become what Jesus wants your family to be for the next ge future generations, show up on November 12th and 13th. Not only are we going to learn a little bit about how to, how to, how to maybe uh, lead our families a little bit better, we're also going to have a little fun. Uh, I'm maybe a little too old to do some of the zip line stuff and stuff, but, but we may need a little healing service if that happens. But, but, uh, but we're, going to have, we're going to have some fun. And guys, we're going, to, we're going to see what it's like to be godly men in the 21st century. So 12th and 13th, when we get done, ask somebody at the door. They'd be glad to tell you what that, what that looks like. Uh, you know... This woman, like I said, she was desperate. I was desperate. When you're desperate, you'll do, you'll do a whole lot of things. But to, say, but to say, you know, to further my story along just a little bit, um, we, we went along. We got better. Uh, we went with some people, uh, a few, about eight people that uh, went uh, to another city, and we planted another church. Uh, what did that look like? I did not still think I was very religious, but we had all been in youth ministry. We saw teenagers getting out of high school. They'd grown up with all the stories like I had. They knew how, what to do uh, with, uh, with uh, they knew all the stories about Jesus. They didn't know how to apply it to their lives. 
And we went there and started that church. There was a couple of interesting things that happened there. You know, is that first of all, we got to dealing with a lot of, I had come out of an addiction. I had come out of an addiction. I'd worked with a lot of people with addiction. Any of you guys that have ever been in a 12-step uh, program, I'm gonna tell you what, that's, that's the real deal right there. That tells you, you know, that you're powerless uh, over your ability to do the wrong thing, you know, and your life is unmanageable. And then you turn your, your will over to the, to the control of God, and then you keep on moving out of those things. And there's God going all around that stuff. We had a lot of people that started coming that were dealing with addictions uh, to that church. What I thought was most interesting is a lot of those were like me. They hadn't grown up in church, and, and, uh, and so we were in a school and there were two different tiers to the school. There was a, there was a, you've been to the gymnasium. We were in the gym. So we were using one side of the gym for the stage. We were using the other side of the gym. There was, there was the bleachers. And then went up to a second level. And then the bleachers went way up high. And so we went up there. And, and what I would notice is these people would come that had been struggling. And, and I was helping them, you know. And we were going to meetings together and stuff like that. They would sit way up at the top. Way up at the top, and I would go up there and I'd talk to him. I said, "Why don't you come down on the floor? Why don't you come down?" Oh no, we're not we're not church people. We're not good enough to go down there. If you're here today and you're a little bit like that, come on down, come on down, because Jesus got a little something for you. And I think that I think there's something there that that can be said about that. The second thing that happened is I had I had my faith had grown to the point where sometimes your faith grows to the point where you think you're in control. And you think, just because I show up on Sunday, just because I went to another city and started a church, just because I prayed over my family, and just because I've done all that, then God is going to open up my life, and everything's going to work out just right. And nothing could be uh, farther from the truth on uh, January the 13th, 2000, uh, 2003. I know that some of you guys... Uh, have seen you know we have we I talk about uh, our oldest two kids when I first married Terry uh, we added Shelly after that so you may notice that we only have two daughters here today but we had a son his name was Shannon and uh, he had struggled with epilepsy uh, all his life they told him from the very beginning of when he was six years old they said uh, you know you probably won't ever die from a seizure but you know, you should not do some things. You shouldn't drive a car. You shouldn't uh, take a bath. You shouldn't swim by yourself because uh, you may, you might have a seizure, and that certainly would be a bad thing. Well, he had uh, decided, like uh, many 24, 25-year-old uh, young men, he was going to go his own way. He was going to do his own thing. Not that I've ever been like that. Not any of you guys have ever been like that. But uh, he ended up making a bad mistake, taking a bath. And he had a seizure in the bathtub, and he passed away. I was getting ready. We, like I said, we were meeting in a school. We had to load that school out every every uh, every Sunday. We had to come. We had to, to our at that time we were doing it on Saturday, and uh, so all of a sudden there's a knock on the door. Shelley was home from college. We were about to go. There's a knock on the door. I open up the door, and and uh, there's a man in a in a sports coat and a tie there. And he says, are you Shannon Jackson's dad? And uh, anybody that's ever had a 24, 25-year-old young man, I go, oh, no. Is this some young girl's daddy? Is this what is, what is going on here? Because this has got can't be good. And plus, he didn't always, like me, do the right thing. And so he said, I hate to tell you this, but your son had a seizure 
uh, in the bathtub, and he has passed away. So, you know, I don't know about a lot of men in this room, but I'd like to tell you I went to my knees. I'd like to tell you that I, I couldn't handle it, I, I, but, but I immediately went into control mode. Uh, I immediately said, well, that's a piece of bad news right there. You know, I mean, what am I going to do with that? I didn't know what to do with it. You end up saying, okay, you know, I've moved here. We started this church. We changed our lives. We've doing so much better. And, and God, surely this is not me. Surely this is not happening to me. And, um, and, uh, but it was true. And uh, over the next few days, we worked our way through that. Uh, and in those thoughts, uh, one of my prevalent thoughts was, oh, I got I to gotta call Leanne. I got to tell her she's out in, in Midland. I got to call some other people. And then, oh, no, Terry, Terry's at work, and I got to tell Terry. And that was uh, probably, I don't know what the second hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but that was the first hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But I ended up being desperate once again. I was desperate for an answer from God. I was desperate for him to tell me why I had, I was reading my Bible on a regular basis. I was praying on a regular basis. I was trying to lead my family the way I thought they wanted to be. And how does this kind of thing happen? I will tell you that we had a church, thank God, that we had started that was understanding that came around us, that loved on us, that knew I, I can't. I don't. I don't know how people make it through that kind of stuff without a church. But they came around, and we ended up. We ended up uh, coming out of that. Not over days, not over months, but over years, we came out of that, and our family started to heal, and things started to be different. But I will tell you, it all starts. When you're desperate for a word from God, just like this lady, just like this lady that was here, you know, saying, God, you know, they, she could be saying, my, my, my son has passed away. You know, my, my daughter is possessed by demons. And hey, uh, praise team, if you want to come up and take the stage, I told you, they're back there going like this. And so I said, uh, then I will tell you, You've got to, you've got to, if you're desperate from God, that's where you come into a church like this that's got good life groups. If you're not part of a life group, I'm going to tell you what, uh, one more story, and then I'll wrap it up while these guys are getting on the stage. We started going, going to church, and they woke up, they got up in our Sunday school class, and they said, said hey, we got a deal called Four Couple Group. Four Couple Group was this deal where uh, we got up there, and, and, and you, you may not, this may be a big surprise to you, but there were four couples. So anyway, and so we ended up, and every month, one couple would have it at their house, and they would break out the good china, and they would put out their mama's plates and stuff like that, and all the ladies, some lady would bring a dessert, and some people, lady would bring a vegetable, and somebody would bring something else, and oh, good food. And they would say, and they'd say, come on, let's get together those people, when, when we ended up having an event in our life like we did with our son, those are the people that came around us. We were in, we were in Austin, Texas. We were, you know, in the sinful part of the world. And we, we, were down there, we were down there, we were down there in Austin, Texas, trying to lead people to Jesus, you know. And I remember asking Terry, I said, well, where are we going to take, take, 
Shannon, you know, I mean, you can, you can, we can bury him here, you know, and everything will, will be okay and everything. What we realized, we needed those relationships. We needed people that loved him, loved us, people we could just fall into their arms, and they would just love us no matter what. That's what a church is. You know, it's, it's, I mean, you can study about Jesus, you can learn all the scriptures, you can do everything else, but when you need a church is when you're desperate for Jesus. This girl, this lady was desperate for Jesus, and that's when a church makes a difference. That's the church, uh, that's the kind of church we're trying to, we're trying to build here at LifePoint, and, and uh, I know Pastor Alex would tell you, come along, because it's going to be, it's going to be a great ride. Let's pray. God, we just thank you. We just thank you today. We just thank you for showing up. We just thank you, God, that, that, you, uh, that you love us no matter what. And when we're desperate, when we're at our weakest, then that's when you're strong. When we are at our lowest point, when we don't know where else to turn, we know that, that God, you know where to turn. You know what to do, and you know how to lead us out. So God, help us as we go through this next week, help us to, to reach out to you when things, are, things are, are, are low, when things aren't going our way. Help us to, to know what to do. And God, help us to be your church. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.